We're back with the Reaction Podcast, where we talk about how to react to what's preached through in HSM on Sundays. We are in episode 13. Lucky number 13. If this were a hotel, we'd probably be skipping this floor. I was thinking this morning, do we go from episode 12 to 14? We're not afraid. No, we we are courageous. I have and, no doubt. And we are going to jump right into it. We, uh, we've been in a series at Summer Nights called When Jesus Meets People, mm-hmm. and uh, this Sunday, Cameron preached for us, and he talked about what happened when Jesus met a guy named Thomas. Yeah, and when Jesus met Thomas, uh, he answered his doubt with an invitation uh, to, to come and see who he is, which is great. And we, we, we were in John 20, uh, was the text that we looked through, and Thomas uh, is this is this guy who had been following Jesus for years, right? He had been with Jesus for three years. And we see that he has, after Jesus had died and had risen from the dead, Jesus appeared before the other disciples and had shown that he was who he said he was and he kept his promises that he was alive. And Thomas, for whatever reason, wasn't there, which, you know, he missed the meeting, right? Uh, he overslept or so- something happened and he wasn't there. And the other disciples were telling him about it and he had doubt about what they were saying. Uh, and it says that he said, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands and put my fingers into them. And unless I place my hand into the, uh, the wound in his side, I'm not going to believe. And then uh, eight days later, Jesus shows up and, and, and instead of getting angry with Thomas's doubt, he invites him to come investigate and, and, and see for himself who, who he was. So uh, it's a great story. Yeah. Jesus had such a beautiful response. Like Thomas had a need uh, and Jesus met it. He gave him what he needed uh, yeah. to, to have a good relationship with him. But it's such a relatable story because Thomas was with Jesus. Like he literally was one of his best friends. Yep. He saw the miracles that he did. Um, if anyone was going to believe that Jesus's promises were true, it's going to be this guy mm-hmm. um, who is part of his inner circle. And so how much more can we take comfort from this story, uh, being that it's been thousands of years since Jesus was here and we're choosing to believe in something uh, that we've never seen with our eyes, uh, all of us experience doubt at one point or yep. another. And sometimes I think we, we have this, this black and white understanding of doubt where it's like you either doubt or you don't, but that's not really how it works. No, Like we can understand part of God's character without understanding the whole thing. Um, and there was definitely parts of Jesus that Thomas understood very well. And there was parts of Jesus that he struggled with. Uh, and he just needed a little bit more information. And so so it's a beautiful example for us to, to look and see, you know, how did Thomas struggle, and then how did Jesus respond to that struggle? Uh, yeah. I think I think the first thing that we have to get out of the way uh, in, in the conversation about doubt, like the thing that we want people to walk away understanding is that doubt is not inherently a bad thing. Right. Uh, and, and there's this book called When Faith Fails by Dominic Dunn that I read earlier this year. We, we have referenced it a lot in preparing for um, this weekend and this podcast. But, but one of the things he said is, is that doubt is pursuing truth wherever it may lead, and unbelief is being content with a lie. Those yeah. are two very different things. Doubt and unbelief are not the same There's thing. There's a big difference. Yeah. And I think, I mean, and this is a quick application for parents, Understanding that is huge so that you're not believing something about your student that might not be true, right? I don't, we don't want you to believe that your student is, is in this place in their life and in the relationship with Jesus where there's unbelief. That's different than them having doubt. In part because doubt is something that I would say 
uh, doubt and just having questions is, is part of any person's journey to experience and know God. Um, Thomas is a lot like us in that way, that anytime you're dealing with a relationship, anytime you're dealing with a person, and we believe that God is personal, we believe that God is relational, um, doubt is involved, and doubt becomes a lot less of this intellectual exercise, and it's more of an emotional response. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, something I said on Sunday is that, you know, saying that 2 plus 2 equals 10 someone to raise their hand and say, I doubt that. That's not emotional. That's not personal. You don't get angry about that. You're, you're doubting it because it's, you just, it's black and white. You know that that's not true. But if, if there's a relationship involved, it's like, why well, I doubt this person really cares about me. I doubt that God really loves me. Yeah. That's emotional. That's yeah. personal, right? We're, we're, we're dealing with a different set of reasons for why we're doubting. And I think Thomas's doubt and even our doubt I don't think our reasons are as sophisticated as we like to think. I don't think they're as intellectual and philosophical as we'd like to think. When it comes to a relationship with God, um, doubt is understandable. Um, I think even, and you mentioned uh, what what goes into knowing God. I don't think, and, and I, I think Tozer said this, we can't know God fully and completely, but we can know him sufficiently. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that's okay, right? There's yeah. going to be doubt and questions in that journey, and there's beauty in the journey, but we're not going to get in trouble for having doubt and questions. It's a part of it. Yeah, I love the math analogy because, um, you know, you and I both know that two plus two equals four, and we understand mathematics to that degree. What we don't understand is all this advanced math. Uh, you know, calculus and physics and all these Not things, at all. all these things that go into making the world work around us. But, but we see the evidence of that and we know that it exists and we trust that it exists, right? Yeah. Like we ride in cars, we fly in airplanes, we use computers, we use our iPhones every day. And all of those things rely on advanced mathematics. Cameron and I, uh, we, we, we didn't get that far. No. In, in school, <laughs> we don't understand the the laws and the principles of mathematics that are behind uh, all of these. things. We are many things, but mathematicians we are not. Right, yes. but but we believe that math exists. Yeah, and we trust we, it. We trust people that know more about it than we do yep. to apply it in our lives. Uh, and and so I think that's a, such a cool image for what it's like. Like we we may understand certain aspects of who God is, um, but life is always going to be a journey of, of coming to understand more about him. Yep. And you're never going to fully grasp God, even when you're at the end of your life, um, having having lived a life full of experiences and things like that. You're, not, you're still not going to understand everything about God. There's always going to be more things to learn. Yeah. Um, but like you said, we can sufficiently understand uh, sufficiently enough to have faith in him, to believe that it's true, and to rest on the evidence of his character that we see around us. Um, And and if we rest in that, we can believe in his promises. Yeah. And, you know, doubt and unbelief, these two things that we pit against each other, understanding the nuance of unbelief is important, and understanding that doubt isn't just something we see with Thomas, but it's something that we see in other parts of scripture too. It's helpful, right? It's helpful. It's a relief to know that it's okay that you've doubted and that you're not the only person who's ever believed in God or in Jesus to doubt. Like that's, that kind of takes some weight off your chest and shoulders knowing that. But even, uh, you know, we see a lot of doubt in the Psalms, but not a lot of unbelief, right? Mm -hmm. The new Testament uses, and this is, uh, Dominic, uh, uh, said this, uh, which I thought was great. He said the New Testament uses words uh, for doubt that depict someone who's confused or f- conflicted between two paths. And I, you know, I, I see that 
all over the Psalms. I see that a lot in Scripture. I see that a lot in different Old Testament characters and even... Um, you know, as people are following Jesus and then afterwards, you know, right, as, as we see the church form and letters are being written to churches all throughout history, people have been conflicted between two paths and, you know, different psalmists show that they're conflicted about the paths they're forced to choose. But unbelief isn't something that we that we see. Yeah. Um, doubt is just a part of processing faith and experience. Yeah. Yeah. If you're reading the stories of Abraham, of Gideon, of Elijah in the Bible and you're not seeing doubt between the lines, you're you're missing uh, a big part of the story. Yeah. Like you are, you are disregarding a major part of the character of those people because they believed and they trusted in God and ultimately mm-hmm. they made faithful decisions. Uh, but man, that, that path that they took was full of questions, full of exploration, full of, okay, God, like I hear what you're saying, but I need a little bit more information to understand what you what you really want me to do. I need a little yeah. bit more information before I can dive all the way into this. And we see character after character after character in the Bible walking through that process. Um, and I, I think uh, I think as we step into that ourselves, um, we have to think about like what are the ways that we can respond to doubt. Like, okay, I, mm-hmm. I buy I buy what you're telling me. Doubt is not inherently bad. Um, but what do I do with it? Yeah. Um, I would say like Thomas did, let it lead you to pursue answers, right? Uh, Jesus doesn't meet our doubt with fear or anger, but with an invitation and an opportunity doubt at the end of the day, like you said, it's not good or bad. It's It's an opportunity, uh, to either create distance between you and God or intimacy with you and God. And uh, he wanted to help Thomas through his doubt. And something I said on Sunday is if you're going to be honest about your doubts, which we're encouraging you know, you to be, you have to be willing to act on the evidence God wants to give you. Right. So Thomas did that in the story. We see Jesus show up. He invited Thomas to uh, come and see the evidence for himself. Right. Put, put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand to the wound at my side. Don't be, be faithless any longer. Believe. And Thomas's response was my Lord and my God. Right. He, he, he believed his, his doubt turned into trust because he let his doubt that he was honest about uh, be a pursuit of answers. And then when he got his answers, he had the courage to act on the evidence that he was seeing. Yeah. You can't let doubt freeze you in one place and you can't let it uh, just keep your student in one place. Like when your student comes to you with doubts, you don't freak out. You don't uh, lock them up and throw away the key. You take their hand and you say, all right, let's step through this together. Yeah. Let's get into scripture. Let's have conversations with the right people. Mm-hmm. And let's start to address these things um, that you have questions about. And, and when you do that, doubt becomes a process. It's yep. a pursuit. And and that's what's great about relationships, right? It's, it's what's great about marriage. It's what's great about being in relationship with your family, with your friends. You're constantly learning things about those people that you're closest to. And the more you learn about them, the more you fall in love with them, the more you understand about them, and the, the more comfortable you are and secure you are uh, in relationship. And yeah. so so when, when, you, when you hear someone come to you with doubt, um, you've got to be willing to walk with them in that because there's going to be a lot of aspects of culture. There's going to be a lot of voices around them that are going to try to use their doubt to push them in the wrong direction. What you need to do is, is, is not say, stop, freeze, stay where you are. What you need to do is take their hand and pull them in the right direction. Yeah. And that's what Jesus did, right? He didn't, he didn't, uh, just throw a book at Thomas or he didn't, you know, there, there weren't, 
he didn't deal with Thomas's doubt in a dismissive way, but he did it in a really personal way that he offered his time to Thomas, but intentionally brought him in, brought him closer, right? Came to where Thomas was and then invited Thomas to take a step closer. I think there's something to that too, right? That he met Thomas where he was, but there was still a step that Thomas had to take towards him to, to act on the evidence. But I think time and intentionality, those things over you know like over time it's like compound interest when those things start to do their job we start to see who jesus is right i don't think he will ever disappoint if we give him a true chance uh, to show who he is to us and that's exactly what happened with thomas but challenge and an invitation is the next step to helping people through doubt jesus helped people through doubt and we can be like jesus and look like jesus in helping students through doubt that jesus wasn't just there to console thomas and be like i'm so sorry that you feel this way he had to challenge thomas to step forward and get the answers to questions and we can do the same with students and I think the result of that right not just saying hey read this book or watch this video or do this podcast but doing those things alongside of a student um, one sets them up to understand how to deal with doubt on their own when you're not around because that day is going to come at some point uh, but also it'll help them see how to help people through doubt, not just help themselves through doubt, but help others through doubt because they're going to encounter people that have the same questions and concerns that they do in their lives. Maybe it's in their HSM group. Uh, maybe it's when they go to college and there's a professor uh, that they don't agree with and one of their friends is doubting or, or, or something bad happens in their lives and doubt comes. They know how to handle doubt themselves, how to take those things to Jesus and take those things to community, but they also know how to come alongside others and help them through doubt. That's a big deal. Yeah. Multiplying this healthy way uh, to deal with our doubt and having the next generation understand um, how to deal with doubt the way that Jesus did, that's huge. Yeah, absolutely. When you learn through experience... Um, the lessons that you learn are going to stick with you for the rest of your life. Yep. If you read something in a book, if someone just tells you something from the, the, the front of a classroom, chances are you're going to forget it in a couple weeks, a couple months, a couple years. But when you step through something and you learn by experience, those are lessons you never forget. Hmm. And so doubt is actually an opportunity to learn through experience. It's an yep. opportunity to dig through scripture yourself and to wrestle with these things that are then going to result in you understanding uh, God and who he is in a tangible way. Yeah. And to, to illustrate all the stuff that we're talking about, we actually had the chance to sit down with a student uh, earlier today and just kind of hear about how he uh, experienced doubt in his life, how he used it as an opportunity uh, to step deeper into faith with Jesus. So uh, we're going to transition over to hearing from Parker and what he learned through his doubts. Thank you, Parker, for being on today. Uh, we have a student here uh, from high school ministry, Parker Mendel. He's going to be a senior at Manuel High School. Yep. And uh, glad that you're here to join us today uh, to kind of give us some insight from a student's perspective uh, of some, some of these issues surrounding doubt and even how parents can come alongside us in doubt. So uh, thank you, Parker. Yeah, thank you. So uh, just just want to ask uh, three questions and kind of uh, just get your thoughts on um, this topic of doubt and how it kind of can be an opportunity for us to strengthen our faith. So how has doubt led you into a better relationship with Jesus? Yeah, so um, I have grown up in the church personally um, ever since I was born. So that has uh, become something that um, over time just has become very second nature for me. But um, semi-recently, like within the past year, I went through a season of um, just asking myself, like, why I truly believe what I believe. Mm. And um, just 
um, questioning if I truly believe what what I um, what has become so second nature to me. So, mm. um, in in those moments, um, I I really um, kind of force myself uh, to dig deep and to to go to a place that um, I hadn't been in a while, um, if ever before. Um, and and I think I tackled um, a lot of that doubt. Um, by by a process of just rediscovery, um, just rediscovering like who God is through His Word um, and through conversation with other people, um, and and I believe that did lead me to um, a better um, place in my faith and a better understanding of God's character, um, and and I think it was only through um, these questions and these um, doubts that I reached um, a, a really cool place with the Lord. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah so you you said a lot of things there that were really great. Um, things like I had to dig deep and there was this realization and even kind of, uh, a new, you know, recognition of who he yeah. is and what he was doing that led you to this, these cool places that you actually hadn't been before with right. him. And it was rediscovered. That was the word you rediscovering things about him that led you to deeper mm-hmm. places and deeper things, which is cool. Mm-hmm. So who or what helped you through that time of doubt, right? Because I know that, uh, and you kind of touched on, you said things like, I dug deeper, mm-hmm. I went to this place. Mm-hmm. W- uh, what did that look like? Who or what helped you through that time? Uh, yeah, so a lot of leaders at Southeast, at high school ministry, um, like my C group leader, Madison, like you, Cameron, for example, a lot of the high school staff, um, I learn a lot through conversation with others. So. Mm-hmm. Um, just getting coffee with someone and talking um, just is so refreshing to me and honestly can lead to a lot of answers that um, I necessarily wouldn't get from my own mind. Uh, but then also the mm-hmm. word. Um, I really also have a passion for um, reading and like studying the word. So um, I, I tried to, I think, just like shake it up a little bit in terms of what I was reading. Um, and um, I just really focused on like simple um like the, like the simplicity of it all, like not getting so wrapped up in what is some huge thing that I've never realized before that I can take from this today. More like, God, like what is a basic truth that I can get from your word that you want me to know today? Um, what is something true about you that I can get from this word today? Yeah. Um, and so just readjusting my perspective, I think was also key. But then again, other people pouring into me was, was another huge um, Yeah, so it's this thing. balance yeah. of relationships in your life conversations with people that are in your life that are kind of helping you through things and helping you remember things, but also just clinging to his word. Totally. Right. Totally. Uh, which reminds you of who he is and who you are and what do you need to do with that? Right. Totally. Which is great. Yeah. Uh, so how can, and you know, you mentioned people, a, a, a person, a relationship, right. That, uh, some of us have is, is a relationship to parents. How can a parent come alongside a student who might be wrestling with doubt? Yeah, so I'm not a parent, right? Like, I'm 17 years old. Me neither. Uh, Right. (laughs) But I think um, I, as a parent, I want to be a parent that is transparent. That rhymed. (laughs) 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 But um, I I don't want to, as a parent, act like I don't experience doubt or I am not a sinner. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be um, super open to my kids about things that I'm dealing with. Um, So I think that Mm. it is really important for uh, parents in the church to say like, Hey, like, like me too. Like I have also yeah. had seasons that I didn't understand or I, I questioned things or, or whatever. And I don't think that's necessarily, um, like exclusive to doubt either. 
Um, I just think that communication and, and transparency and openness with children and parents both ways um, yep. is, is good, is something that is really good. So. Yeah. That's so true. That's yeah. so good. I love that. And I did love the rhyme that you threw. That's probably, I didn't even realize that. That's not the last time I was I'm like, going to. I can't to, not address that. I will probably use that at some point too. But yeah, that's great. Thank you so much, Parker, for, for coming on and answering fun. some questions and giving us some of your insight. It was uh, really valuable. And I know that a ton of parents are going to benefit from awesome. it. So we appreciate you. Thank you. Yep.